Hey, Leo, man, I haven't talked to you in a few months now um, since your last fight at one championship. I know uh, that a few of your fights or maybe your last fight got canceled. So the rest of the year, you're just training. But you do have a few fights coming up in the beginning of next year. Could you go into that a little bit? Yeah, well, uh, my last fight in one championship that were in June against Rodlek, I fought again five weeks after that fight. Uh, I won that fight by knockout, well, TKO round four that were on uh, the Yokao promotion. I was meant to fight again on Yokao in October, but I've had a bit of a knee injury, so I didn't want to push my body a bit too much. I've already had one knee operation this year. I didn't want to push it and then end up being injured anymore. So I thought it'd just be best to rest up a couple of weeks and then get back to training. I'm back in full flow now. And uh, my next fight's on uh, the 10th of January on the one championship card in Bangkok. All right, now, that card has not been released yet, so can you release no. any information? I'm not, I'm, I'm not allowed to say my opponent just yet. Uh, I'll get in trouble if I do that, So, but okay. I'm sure it'll be. They've just announced the card before it in December in Malaysia, so I'm, I'm sure it won't be long before they start to announce the, the Bangkok card as well. Yeah, well, you know, whoever you're fighting, a lot of people love your fight so i'm pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of eyes on uh a name that i'm pretty sure they're gonna give you a big name i know you don't want to say anything but i you know you know how it is yeah I know that- it'll be a good one it'll be a good fight uh, i'm looking forward to fighting in the mma gloves again as well um i enjoyed it last time because it was a real really tough fight against rod Lekin, but that's how i like him so yeah i'm looking forward to it switching back and forth you know from the from the big gloves so to say to the mma gloves um are you used to it by now or is it still kind of like you have to kind of get a little, you need a little it, bit of time to get adjusted to it? Yeah, it's still pretty new to me. So like I say, I've only had one fight in them mm-hmm. uh, against Rodlick. And then five weeks later, I, actually, I fought again straight away in the big gloves. To be honest, my hands hadn't fully recovered by the time it was time to fight again because Rodlick was tough, man. And I bounced some massive punches off of his head and he, he took them. And after the fight, my hands were a bit banged up. Um, I was surprised my arms went, my hands went a lot more smashed in, to be honest. I, were, I really expected him, the way we were throwing down in that fight, I really expected him to be some damaged. Uh, but they weren't too bad, actually. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it again, definitely. So, But I'm, I've got the same schedule again. I'll fight on the 10th of January in the small gloves. Then six weeks later, I'll be straight back fighting on your cow again in the big gloves. So I'm going to have to like keep my training applicable to both styles, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, you know, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, I don't know, it's it's hard to say, you know, like, what's easier? Is it easier going from the smaller gloves to the bigger gloves or the bigger gloves to the smaller gloves? I'm pretty the sure since the bigger gloves cover more defensively, it's yeah. much better. There's certain things you can't do in um, the small gloves that you can do in the big gloves, like long guard and stuff like that, just because of so many gaps. When I was training for the Rodlek fight, I used, I used the long guard a lot in Muay Thai. But we were training not to do that because obviously there's so many gaps. The one time I did do it, he tagged me big right around the back of my ear and I got an eight count for it, which respectively lost me the fight because the first round we drew. The second round, he obviously won 10 eight. But then round three, I, I destroyed him round three. If I'd have had one more round, I think I'd have stopped him. But because of the 10 eight round, I lost it. And that was all down to making that one mistake where I put the long guard out and there was a too many gaps in there and he found a gap and he, he caught me right on the back of my ear. Where obviously that's where all your balance is and that. So yeah, I need to be careful and think and think about stuff like what type of guard to use and the type of head movement and that. So yeah, he's quite tough moving back and forth. I would probably be better off just sticking to using one style of glove. But if I had to choose one style 
for now it'd be the bigger gloves just because long longevity um you're obviously gonna go i'll get more more time out i'll get more wear out of my arms my face my brain but just to put the little gloves on every now and then and give the fans like some exciting fights I, I do enjoy it yeah what's the response from the muay thai purists you know when you step in with those small gloves what do they say you know when you run into people and they ask you about it um they are, the, the first thing is saying well, what's it like how different is it compared to the big gloves um it's very different like i said before like you just one mistake in them gloves you are going to get tagged and the one championship gloves there unlike any other mma gloves that i've ever put on before i had a guy over training me this morning who fights in bellator america and i had the gloves in my bag and he put them on and he was like wow these are like the the hardest mma gloves i've ever felt so you've got like the best strikers on the planet punching each other's face in with these gloves you make one mistake, you are going to end up, you're in big trouble. So that's what's, uh, that's the main difference really. Just you're going to be a lot more like, you cannot, there's no room, no margin for error whatsoever in those gloves. That's the first thing I say. Um, but the second thing I say is it's very exciting and it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. I want to go back to Tokyo in Japan. They had the, the featherweight Grand Prix finals, $1 million dollars. Yeah. Um, what did, I wanted to pick your brain about that fight. Did you feel that that fight played, uh, lived up to the hype? Did you feel it was a uh, an exciting fight? What is your breakdown of that? The Petrosian fight. Yes. I I just thought he did exactly what he needed to do. It was um, a perfect performance from Petrosian, really. To be honest, Sana looked really dangerous in his previous two fights, but. Petrosian just shut everything down that he that, that he tried to do. Um, the other two fighters, Jabba and who did he fight before? I forgot who he fought before. Oh, it were um, it were a big upset, wasn't it? Oh, Yotan Klai. They didn't have the subtle movements and stuff like that that Petrosian has, and they both tried to like fight him head on, and they played into Sana's hands. Petrosian didn't do that. He he was smart. He switched on. There were a lot of money at stake, so why should he go to war when he knows he can fight that style? And, and take the money like that. There's no point going to war and giving the other guy a, a chance at a 50-50. That's not Petrosian's style, really. He's like a, he's a technician, in it, and that's what he did. He, he fought, fought his style, made the fight his his fight, and he won pretty comfortably, I thought. Yeah, especially with $1 million on the line, you need to, you need to win. You don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be doing anything stupid and just going 50-50 gung-ho, swinging around, yeah. which is probably what I'd have done, but that, that's not what, you know what I mean? But, that's my style. So, but Petrosian's a technician, and when he fights as well as he did that night, there's not many people who live with him. This fight coming up January 10th in Bangkok. Your your camp for this fight it, it it's probably pretty long, right? Because right now you're we're at the beginning of November. So. Yeah, I'm just starting now. I want to be in the best shape possible. You know, like it's a it's a big stage to fight on, and I want to I want to be able to give my best performance this is a bit of a bucket list for me that because i lived in thailand for two years i fought in every stadium in thailand i fought in all the main stadiums i fought all over thailand and all big promotions and to fight on one championship in bangkok is like a bit of a bucket list thing for me so i want to like make sure everyone gets the, the best the best hitman do you know what i mean i want i want to fight like hard strong fit and i want to really really put on a good performance um 
not only that, it's Christmas day soon. So if I start training and diet hard now, I can still have my Christmas dinner close to the fight. So <laughs> if I get my weight down now, then I can still enjoy Christmas a little bit. But I'll enjoy my Christmas dinner. Then on Boxing Day, I'll be flying straight to Bangkok uh, and I'll finish off my training at Yokao Camp. Oh, awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, it's always good to see people taking that initiative and getting out there a little bit earlier, you know, instead of flying out the week of the fight, which is, I think, very a big mistake by a lot of fighters. Yeah, it's going to be hot at that time of year. It's just starting to get into the hot season in early January. So I want to be out there and acclimatise. Even if the arena is aircon, it still, it still will play a little bit of a part in it if I'm not acclimatised properly. So if I get out there like 15 days before, that should be enough. Definitely. Now, you, you've been in the news recently for this back and forth. You know what I'm going to ask you? <laughs> you know what I'm going to ask you? Yeah. You know, yeah. with, with Dave LaDuke, he was recently on... The day, uh, what is it, Joe Rogan podcast, yeah. and he said some things about uh, Muay Thai. You didn't really, you know, it didn't, you know, it didn't hit you well with. Uh, now you responded on, on, was it on Facebook or Instagram? I wrote or? some. I wrote some on Facebook, which were basically a lot of it were British humor. Um, so I was watching a few left way fights, and the technique, and any no one can argue with this. The technique of the left way fighters is poor. They are tough, tough men. Do not get me wrong. I understand how tough they are and how, how crazy they are and they like to fight. But the technique of 99% of those guys, it, it's poor technique and a lot of the fights are wild. But that's what draws people to it. But just it's the like the, the brute, the bruteness of it and they like those crazy fights with the headbutts and the bare knuckle and stuff like that. All my point was getting at is that basically, but I was saying it in a way of British humour, which I don't think he understood. And a lot of the Burmese people were like all jumping on me Obviously, they didn't understand either. A lot of it was meant to be just just in jest. So then he started shouting his mouth off, which was no humour about it whatsoever. But the thing is, he fights all these small guys, and then he calls out people like Bukow, who he knows he's 15 kilogram lighter than him. And then there's, he's deleting people's comments, who commenting on his stuff, calling him out. And then he deletes it. Then they were inboxing me, saying, look, I want to fight this guy. I keep commenting him, but he keeps deleting my comments. So I thought, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to put some on my Facebook but a lot of it was joking. I did not say anything about Dave on my actual post. The only thing I said about Dave where he got mentioned was, Dave Reduck says they don't kick in Myanmar left-way rules because headbutts and punches are more dangerous. I responded to that by saying, I think it's because they don't kick properly. I think kicks can be just as dangerous. I stopped a lot of people with leg kicks. If you're doing that properly, it can be dangerous. I didn't say anything about Dave, his technique, his fights or anything he was the one who started making it personal about my fights and stuff like that. But then I came back with back and forth and, mm. yeah, and it all just got a bit out of hand. Everyone seemed to enjoy the, the little beef on the internet and stuff, though. And then a lot of other fighters started jumping on it, saying, oh, well, I want to fight Dave and this and that. And there were Burmese people sending me death threats in my inbox. <laughs> we'll kill you if you ever come to Burma. I was like, listen, I don't ever want to come to Burma. I'm never coming to fight left way. Don't worry about that. But then he's okay saying... He said stupid stuff like, well, I'll give 10 grand to charity if Liam fights these Burmese rules. The the president of the WLF messaged me and he offered me half the money I get to fight on one championship. And I said, well, no, why would I do that if it's half the money? I said, I need more money than I get on one championship for it to be worth my while. It's a smaller promotion. It's smaller scale. It's obviously I don't want to be smashing my hands to pieces. Why would I do this for half the money? And then they went, okay, we'll offer you a little bit more. And it was still nowhere near the money that I get on one championship. So obviously I wasn't going to do this fight. So then I said, 
all right, if you're going to give 10 grand to charity, I'll give 10 grand to charity. If you fight Muay Thai against Simon Marcus or someone else of that stature, and then he, he went quiet then. So he was just trying to make me look stupid by saying, oh, I'll give money to the kids and this and that. Well, if you've got money to give to them, just give it to them anyway. You don't need me to come fight left way for half the money that I get to fight Muay Thai. But yeah, we're all crazy and got, it was, it was funny. I, I made a bit of a joke out of it with my with my videos and stuff like that. And it got a bit of good exposure for everyone. And you know what? It got, probably got a lot more exposure for left way as well. So you should be thanking me really. So it all started as a joke on your side and kind of like throwing, like just explaining something from your point of view. And then yeah. it, you didn't even really like, tag anybody you didn't tag dave no, somehow he no. got a hold of it so somebody must have told him somebody must have yeah, someone, sent him the someone message sent, someone sent him it yeah and then uh like i said the only thing i said in in the whole post about dave was david duck says in left with the elbow and you know, headbutt more punch more just because it's more dangerous than kicking that's why they don't really kick which yeah i get that but i said i don't think that he said and i said a lot of them can't really kick because his techniques that bad that's the only thing I said about it. I never mentioned Dave. I never went personal on him. He was the one who brought it personal to me. And I was going to ignore it at first. And then I thought, you know what? I'm not ignoring this. And then it got all just escalated. <laughs> it was a bit funny, though. When everyone had a good time reading the beef. So, so on your but, side, like it's just like, it's over. It's it's done. Oh, yeah. Um, there's no fight happening. Listen, because at the same time, no the I mean, money's not right. No, the money's terrible. Dave were writing all over people's Instagram going, yeah, it's double what you'll get in Muay Thai. So I thought, all right, then I won't be expecting an offer here. And the president of the WLF, uh, he inboxed me, and the first offer was terrible. And I thought, well, and I said, no, it's like half a, half what I get to fight Muay Thai. And then he upped it a little bit, and I said, it's still not enough. I said, if you want me to fight those rules, it's going to have to be more than I get to fight Muay Thai. Otherwise, what's the point for me? One championship and Yokao and people like that, they are the biggest stage. It's worldwide. Everybody watches it. Not many people even know what left way is. A lot of people, when all that beef were happening, especially a lot of people I know who only follow fight sports, like they follow MMA and UFC and they watch one championship, they were like, what is that? What is it? Because it's only just coming to light now. So for me to do something like that, it'd have to be the only thing that's going to want, make me want to do that is to make it worth my while to get some money out of it. And if they're not offering like a lot more than I get paid for Muay Thai, what's the point in, for me? Like you said, the weight doesn't match. If the money don't match, the weight don't match. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, basically, yeah. But he started it, though. He started calling out Bukawa with 15 kilo lighter. He called Muay Thai easy. He said if Muay Thai or said if left way was easy, it would be called Muay Thai and stuff like that. But he, he only had about 12 Muay Thai fights in Bangla Stadium. So he doesn't know what it's like to fight at elite level Muay Thai because he's never done it. So how can he make a comment like that? So that, that's all I was retaliating back at, really. And I retaliated back with a bit of British humour, which I don't think he got. That's all. But I thought it was funny anyway. What is the history with Eddie Farrell? Because I saw that you tagged him. I think that he called out Dave a while back. but that Yeah, I, I think he's been trying to get that fight. And Dave basically called him a punching bag or something. Uh, he insulted... Oops, sorry, dropped the camera. He insulted Eddie and... Um, yeah, called him a punching bag or something like that. So Eddie, done, Eddie's, Eddie put up a big status on his Instagram the other day as well. I know Eddie wants that fight. He's been chasing it for quite a while. Um, I know that Zidoff Akuma has got a lot of guys that have been chasing that fight. Honestly, the amount of people who jumped into my inbox going, I would, I want to fight. I've been trying to get a fight with him 
for so long, for so long, but he'll never fight me. He only fights like smaller fighters and stuff like that. It was crazy, but obviously I don't know how it works. I don't know how the promotions go in left way, or I don't know who's a big name and who went. So I don't know how how it all work, or if Dave and his promoter pick the opponents or what. I honestly don't know how it works. Um, but yeah, the amount of people who were saying I've been trying to get a fight with him, I want to fight him. It was, it was crazy. But there's so many people out there who do want a shot, but um, I don't know how it works. How he's he's obviously either picking his own opponents or the. They're not, I don't know, they might not be as good as him. I don't know. I honestly, I honestly don't know enough about left way to comment on something like that. Well, it seems like your name is big enough to where they're going to come and offer you the money <laughs> to fight Dave, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they were offering me to, money to fight someone else at my own way as well. I said, well, mm-hmm. make a, a good offer then, but still didn't. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, the money's not going to be as good as one championship. It's still like a growing sport. And I even said in one of my posts, fair play to Leduc because he has actually done a good job of promoting it. More people do know about it now, but if you're looking for a sport with longevity, and that that's not it, do you know what I mean? Especially, it's not going to... I can't see it taking off like big in America. He has got a show in America coming up, but I can't see it taking off big over there. It's just going to be like what the first UFC were like and what what's going to happen like with people headbutting people and smashing their hands, and you're not going to last long doing that. Respect him for growing that sport out of nowhere. Yeah, and, I... I and- even when we were beefing, I actually said in one of my things, fair play, you've done a very good job of promoting that and you've got yeah. it out there. Uh, and after I, I even said as well, so I'm probably doing you an even bigger favour even now because there's more people knowing about it as well. So he should be thanking me, really. Yeah, just like yourself, you know, the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, grew your name and he, yeah. him being on that also grew, grew him and the sport. So, you know, growing martial arts all over the place, man. It's all yeah, good, exactly. You know? It all got everyone got a bit of coverage, didn't they? Everyone yeah. got a bit of coverage. Everyone had a good laugh in the time. But yeah, as for the for me fighting those rules, unless someone throws like another zero on the end of what they were offering me, I'm not doing it. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Well, you know, I'm I'm excited for you to uh, get back in that one championship cage, man. Uh, put on those small gloves and uh, show us uh, what you got. I know you, you. You said that you're, you know, you're putting in a uh, a hard camp, a long camp this time around, and uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Liam, man, for the time. Like no always, no problem. I appreciate it, man, because you are one of the busiest dudes <laughs> out there in Muay Thai. You're everywhere: seminars, fights, training camps, everything. I know. Yeah, I've got seminars every weekend up until Christmas as well. So yeah, I am busy nonstop. But uh, I won't have it any other way. I love the sport. I love promoting the sport, and I look forward to putting on a show for everybody on the tenth of January.